0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is episode nine of my AI love affair. My name is Ronsley and today we're talking about prompts and the exact structure. You've got to learn to create the most effective prompts with my mate, Roscoe Patterson. And he is a legend in the entrepreneurial space, in the tech space. And he's so forward thinking when it comes to tech. So it's really good to have him on the show. Come, let's learn. Hey, it's Ron Slay. Welcome, you AI geek, to this podcast, My AI Love Affair. Consider this podcast your digital compass, guiding you through the labyrinth that is business growth using artificial intelligence. Running a business as a creative can sometimes be like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. But... What if you had a secret tool that could align all the colors for you? That is AI. It's like a master key unlocking multiple doors. Thanks for being here. Let's learn. Let's start with how do you introduce yourself to your audience and what kind of results have you gotten from using AI since I think it's about 16-17 months now?
1: Yeah, so I jumped in early with the AI writers. I jumped in early with the AI writers. Like I was playing with, you know, Jasper and a bunch of things many moons ago and found it really cool, found it really exciting. I was a bit half baked on it. But when I found out ChatGPT had dropped and it came out 30th of November, I found out on the 2nd of December. I basically vanished from everyone who cares and loves me in my life. Like my family was just like, where's roscoe gone and i was on my computer from morning till night like seven or eight nine ten days in a row and you know sleeping three hours a night and just like nerding out because i was like ah this is one of those moments where you go deep and you go deep fast and you'll get a really cool edge like when i went went into the crypto world so yeah dude i'm excited i'm pumped for this
0: space it's very useful so when you think about what has happened right since you gotten into it like what kind of results can The business or you show from getting into AI? Like what's productivity has improved? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So one of the things I really struggle with as a business owner is is like copywriting sales, copywriting, writing invitations, emails, all that kind of stuff. But I've done stuff in the past that's worked. And I latched on pretty quickly that if I took stuff that had already worked and got the AI to rewrite it, then my audience would think it was new stuff. And so I pushed out stuff and made money on it immediately. So I was super stoked with that from different types of hands-up engagement posts, to emails, to webinar copy, all sorts of stuff. So did that immediately and that, yeah, put money in the bank.
0: Let's talk about that because let's break that down. I think also you just skipped across a whole bunch of things because you made a lot of assets in that spiel right now that you gave me. So can you break that down? Like what happened? What was the sequence? What did you do? So you took some of your old content, you rewrote them, but what kind of assets did you create and what that looked like? I have
1: a nine word email that I use that I send out to my database from time to time. And I just copy and pasted the nine word email in and literally said, rewrite this for me 20 different ways. Like it was just simple. Like it wasn't a big complex prompt. There's no like, you know, secret to what I did with that. The one thing I did do to clean it up and make it a bit more fluent is that I copy and pasted the results that spat out and I chucked it into a tool called Quillbot and I selected the fluency mode that just humanized the language a lot. But recently I also figured out something else that makes for fluent copy, which the AI will do sometimes and it won't do sometimes. It's a little bit naughty according to it, which is I ask it to rewrite sentences as a slightly drunk person. And what it does, it's really fun, because what it does is it makes it sound like two dudes sitting at a bar talking to each other. It's like ultra casual language. So it actually makes it sound very human, less formal. It's quite nice. Nine word email is one thing. Social media posts that I've used to get people to like kind of put their hands up to say that they want to get like. lead magnet or some sort of a conversation or an invite to a webinar or something like that. One I used that was great was a webinar invite, hands up posts that I've done on Facebook before. I got it to rewrite that. And I literally, I put up the five different posts that spat out for me that I actually liked after the list. And I put them up on Facebook and I got like 120 people on a webinar by just getting these different posts rewritten and putting it on Facebook and then DMing people a link for a webinar. So that was super cool. Obviously, if you can get 120 people to sit through listening to you for
0: 60 or 90 minutes, something might happen. I'd love to get your thoughts on what are some misconceptions that people have when they get into AI? What are things that you've seen along the way that you've kind of gone, oh, that's really interesting that they saw it that way? Any perspectives that we can give the audience to start off with Just kind of go, well, this is the basics to understand how AI works? A few of the common mistakes I guess I see people make is
1: thinking that it's not a thing and I'll just wait to see what kind of where it ends up and then I'll use it. I think a competitor in your industry or niche using the same tool is coming for your lunch, not the AI. So I would not ignore it. The second mistake that I've seen that's really just it's super obvious to me, but not obvious to most, is people thinking it only produces mediocre output. And that's only true if it gets mediocre input. So mediocre in Mediocre out, good quality prompts in, great quality content out. So the onus is on you, not the tool. Like a carpenter can't blame the hammer because it's not hitting every nail in. I
0: am a software engineer by trade. And when I did computer science and software engineering, this used to be a theory in terms of prompt engineering, there was a whole subject on it, but it could Mm. be possible because this is how logic works. And this is how logically you would instruct a computer to behave. And that's literally what prompt engineering is. Let's get into the prompt side of things. I know people are expecting a lot out of AI and they're not wrapping their head around the fact that it can do some pretty amazing things. Let's break some of those things down and let's talk about how someone can get started in the right way. Yeah, when it comes to prompts, I think that there's sort of like three
1: cornerstone things you need to get right. The first thing is, is you need to be able to define a really clear objective. Like you actually have to be able to say, I want a blog written. You have to be able to say, I want a procedure document about tying shoelaces. Like you need to be able to say, define clearly what is your objective? What do you want the AI to do? The second thing that you need to be really good at is, is feeding the AI really good context so gathering all the right ingredients together just like if you're baking a cake making sure you give the ai all the right pieces of the ingredients and then the third thing you need to be really exceptional at is knowing or understanding what tone or you want it to output it all in so you have to set the tone and this is all ideation on you as the prompt person The AI can help you come up with different, like it can list out tones and give you options, but it can't make the decision. So you've got to decide what's the objective, what's the ingredients, what's the tone. That's your job. I just want to expand on this particular thing we're talking about, which is like, this is the ideation phase. And that's those three things we just talked about. Like what's, you know, define an objective, gather ingredients and set tone. And I'll read this out for all the audio listeners, but... That's like phase one. Phase two is like the creation phase. That's when you go and you unleash the AI. You allow the thing to create a draft for you, give you something, just like see the first run. And in Hollywood, all the best movies have more film on the cutting room floor than they do in the film that you see at the end. And so it's about just get the drafts, get the volume of the drafts happening move through that fast. Don't be afraid to like keep shooting camera, right? Then you actually look at it and you try and stitch it all together and look at it like through a quality check lens. And once you've done that, you can move on to an editing phase and an adjustment phase, a refinement phase. That's like the last step in the process. It's down the track a little bit. And then obviously once you've finished something, you can shoot it out into the world. I have a a shameful admission to make, which is I didn't create this process I didn't come up with this process. I literally went to the AI and asked it for it. So I literally said, Hey, I want to build a high level model of thinking for prompt craft for AI writers. Wow. And I asked it to actually give me an idea. And then I said, let's spin this around. Say I've got a good AI writer already. And I want to build frameworks for coaches. They create stuff using AI writers in three domains. They're Intellectual property marketing materials and sales materials is usually what they use AI writers for. What I'm thinking is a few primary phases that we'd go through and show me each of the steps they need to do in that in a linear float. And then it gave me a, like a top level idea. And then I kept working and I'm like, rewrite this as a direct response copywriter so we could see it a little bit more this way. Then I asked it to make it in cool word one word phase names. It came up with the define the objective and the gather the ingredients. It did it all. I kind of span it around a little bit and changed some stuff. And then I got it to come up with these phases, the ideate, create, elevate phases. It did it all. It made the whole model. It did a bunch of the thinking for us, which is just insane to me. I think it's super cool. I I obviously love this stuff. I make some assumptions about AI that most people might not. And the assumptions I make about it is, is that it can do anything. And that's not necessarily true. It can't right now. There's limitations to it. But I assume it can. And I don't censor my prompts in my head like i just
0: play i allow myself to go right it can do everything it can probably do this ladies and gentlemen listening roscoe.co slash we are podcast if you want all those cool notes and that method that's where you go also roscoe.co double s-c-o is where you go to find all the cool stuff that Roscoe's up to you mentioned that you make assumptions right you said assumptions but you gave us one which is that it can do anything are there any other mm-hmm. assumptions that you do make when you're yeah. thinking of, of of doing something yeah
1: yeah the second thing is is I, the other assumption i make is is that i can do anything so when chat gpt couldn't do it a task that i asked it to and i'll give you this example i assumed that i could be the bridge to help chat gpt do it so i do some trading and stuff in crypto right and one thing i love is this particular indicator called a 26. EMA, which is a marketing trading signal that happens on charts, you know, like you've seen stock charts with candles and stuff like that. And I wanted to create a piece of code to get that indicator happening a particular way and the exact way that I use it. My point is, is I can't code, and so I asked the chat to give me a piece of code based on a very clear set of principles that I wanted. I, I spent a lot of time gathering the ingredients, getting the prompt right. And it gave me, it spat me out an example piece of code. I copied that piece of code and I put it into Trading View where I could launch the Pine script. not nah, you can't be creating an error, a compile error. I put my headphones in, turned some loud trance music on, and for about two and a half hours, I had a code from Trading View back to Chat GPT back and forth, and I just be copying and pasting the wall I was kind of hitting and just like grab the bug sent it to chat GPT and said, hey, it can't compile because of X. And I put the error. I said, give me five more options, things I can try. And it would spit out five more pieces of code. And I'd go change it back and forth, back and forth. And at the end of two and a half hours and 110 commits in code, that just means changes. I had a piece of working code and I'm not a coder. And I did it by copying and pasting error codes back into the thing and asking for more options and I would just say give me five more options it's not working it's not compiling so
0: anyway I could code suddenly and it felt like a bit of a matrix moment it was like I know kung fu what kinds of things do you think business owners should go for first like what kind of processes should they attack first in their business because this is an easily something to go I can play on this all day but how do I put this to use and actually get it to execute something that I'm currently doing or not doing or not doing well? Great Great question. I like the notion or the principle of being
1: using the distraction as a way to focus yourself. So if you're going to be distracted with AI tools, figure out what is the top domino you could focus on in order to move that forward. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of business principles that are pre-AI that you should be thinking about. Like If you haven't got sales and they're not converting, then focus on conversions. Use the AI to fix that problem in your business you know um so just use it to fix problems and whatever is the most important problem you can write a list of all your problems and prioritize the list of problems and just literally go that's the biggest problem i have to solve right now and use it for that as a business owner that's kind of your responsibility is to fix those problems and there's multitude of things you can do whether it's i've used it to write like write really good content i have a framework for that we can share as well i've used it to write a grant out for a project I'm philanthropically involved with. Uh, I've used it to write some sort of documentation SOPs, used it to even create org charts for a friend who is trying to figure out who we should hire and fire and what the gaps were. Like there's all sorts of tooling you can use it for. It's kind of endless. I literally just took time to actually get a list out of the AI of all the different document types that are in an organization that's at scale. And... It gave me a list, and it's like I it just had simple things in there like a social media marketing plan, a marketing plan, KPIs for your sales guys, and it had all, it just created a document list for me. And it's like, okay, well, what documents do I need internally to run a streamlined organization? What things do I need to think through? What things have I been avoiding?
0: Hey, AI Geek thanks for listening. Your job doesn't stop here. I want you to lend your voice to the conversation so you can join those conversations, discussions, new trainings, new recordings, and the rest of the AI geeks by going to aigeeks.co slash discord. Also, share this podcast with a friend, another potential AI geek. Until then, much love.